Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the Primetime Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm along here with Gabe, and we'll be covering all our big news in sports, and we'll be giving our takes on them. For today's episode, we'll give our NFL award predictions, discuss some big news in basketball, and at the end, give our early NBA All-Star ballots. So let's get it started with our MVP predictions. And this is pretty explanatory to me, but we'll let we'll let we'll let you give our you give your take. So, all right. So for MVP, I think it really comes down to two people. That is Derrick Henry, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Derrick Henry had an unbelievable season this year, rushing for two thousand twenty-seven yards, seventeen touchdowns. I mean, no one can really stop him. And then on the other hand, we have Aaron Rodgers throwing for 48 touchdowns and only five interceptions. I mean, you got guys like Daniel Jones throwing five interceptions in five games. And then people like Aaron Rodgers, who threw five all year with all these passing yards and stats, 4,200 passing yards. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. But for me, I think it really comes down to the efficiency of winning games as well. And Aaron Rodgers did that much more. He won more games. They got the first round by. And I think Aaron Rodgers is my MVP. I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, to me, this is like, this is just obvious. Like Patrick Mahomes, he he did his thing. We know he's like that. But Aaron Rodgers being at age 37, carrying his team to the number one seed and just, just, just his chemistry with his teammates, getting everyone involved, even if they, even if they are not the best, the way he's just able to pass the ball. I feel like I feel like we don't respect it enough, and the way he was able to do it this season, just he's just, he's just the best in football this year. All right, so we agree with that one. Let's see if we agree with the offensive player of the year. You can start off with that. Offensive player of the year. I'm going to have to go with their MVP candidate besides Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is just, he's just unstoppable. He's a, he's an absolute tank, 2,000 yards, two straight seasons. Like, I don't think anyone else is doing that. And like offensive player of the year, I feel like, I feel like that should go to someone that showed the most skill and did it and did it the most, like just overall on the season on offense and since we gave Aaron Rodgers the MVP I feel like we should give respect to a different position because everyone I feel like a lot of people balled out this year and the only other person I would consider would probably be Devontae Adams and we'll let you talk about Devontae and your pick all right so I think the offensive player of the year should be separated from MVP because the offensive player of the year award means who is the most dominant player on offense MVP award stands for most valuable player. That means who is the most valuable to their team. A team without Aaron Rodgers is a lot worse than a team without Derrick Henry. Not by much, but because of the way the teams are built and the importance of the position. For me, I agree with you. The offensive player of the year should be Derrick Henry because he was just unstoppable this year, like I said, with the MVP. Uh, I mean, 2,000 yards, not many players do that. 
And I mean, he's just, he was insane. There's not really much to say. Let's just let's just give some respect to Devontae Adams though while we're at it. He played 14 games, 115 receptions, 1,374 yards, and 18 touchdowns. Like 18. Like like when you play against him in fantasy, like you you lost. And I feel like that he he deserves his respect to be in that conversation. But I can't I can't go against Derek Henry here. He does, but the difference between a wide receiver and a running back is a wide receiver can often make their own plays, uh, but a running back does it much more often. I mean, Grand, you could have a great offensive line who build uh, holes for you and you just walk right through. But the way Derrick Henry uh, attacks the defenders, he, he makes people be scared to try to tackle him. And that is something that he takes and uses as an advantage. And it makes him the best offensive player in this year's NFL. So moving on to defensive player of the year, I have to go with Aaron Donald. I know most people might might say TJ Watt because of the stats and the numbers that he put up. But if you look at Aaron Donald's stats, he doesn't have as many uh, of a lot of things including like pressures. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have as many sacks. He doesn't have as many uh, deflected passes. But if you watch one Rams game, you will see that the other team's offensive line probably has three people trying to block him per play. And when you have that, obviously you're going to have lower numbers. And when you're an outside guy like TJ Watt, you only have uh, the outside tackle on the left or right, depending on where he's lining up. You only have one guy, maybe the running back, trying to block you. And, I mean, T.J. Watt had a great season, don't get me wrong, but I think when you take three, two or three offensive linemen every play, and when that doesn't happen, you get to the quarterback or the running back, that is very worthy of Defensive Player of the Year for me. For me, like, you know, I agree with you, Aaron Donald. He gets, like, the whole team on him, and that adds to his actual team, if you think about it, because it allows his other pass rushers to get more space. But the way TJ Watt just shows versatility as a pass rusher while being able to make plays in the open field as a linebacker and just being the anchor of the Steelers' offense, which is one of the best in the league, shows how important he was as a defensive player and how dominant he was. And... I think I think just the way the success the defense had and how it ran through him sometimes and how he was just able to be dominant. I feel like I feel like for this season, I I, I think Aaron Donald's definitely a better player. But for this season, I think TJ Watt just, just takes home the award. Yeah, I mean, I think Watt was great, but I just think that Donald really helped his team more because of the ability that he had to take half of the offensive line if you include a running back that's who's blocking three guys. If you don't, there were still three people on him and it just created more holes for other players to make plays, but that's not what the award's about too. So, yeah. So moving on to the offensive rookie of the year, uh, Josh, who do you have for that? Okay. I think, I think it's like, 
obviously what's between it's Herbert or Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Justin Herbert stepped in. I forget which week it was. It was one of the earlier weeks. It was week two against the Chiefs after Tayrod Taylor. Uh, he got his lung punctured by the team trainer when he yeah, was. Um, I forget what the issue was, but he was getting an injection, and his he got his lung punctured, and uh, Herbert came in and played a great game. They almost won. They didn't, but. I mean, the Chiefs are an incredible team, and coming into his first NFL game, not even preparing to start, I mean, it was a great start for him. Yeah, so he had 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, um, 66% completion rate. Um, I think I think he had I think he had a more overall effect on his team, but at the end of the day, he is the quarterback. But he definitely showed the skills to become top five. And I think that um, overall, though he did play better in some aspects of the game, like as a rookie, um, and he will become one of the best in the game. And this season, he displayed that. I think just the way Justin Jefferson just stepped in flawlessly and the way that the way that he was able to make big plays for the team, I think that he's there. Like he was breaking Randy Moss's records. He's a pro bowler. All pro, just 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, 88 receptions. And I mean, the touchdowns, I could see them going up next year. The receptions going up. He's going to become, he's going to become one of the best receivers in the league. And the way he was able to just like just step in and become that so fast, I think that he's deserving of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is close. And uh, if you do think about it, Justin Jefferson was catching passes from Kirk Cousins, who has been on decline since he arrived in Minnesota. And Justin Herbert, he did have a much better situation. His offensive line was not great, but he did have Hunter Henry. He had Keenan Allen. He had Mike Williams, and he had Austin Eckler in the backfield too. So that is a much better situation than the – uh, minute, uh, the Vikings offense and what they have over there. But I, I had Justin Herbert in fantasy this year and he was incredible. He didn't, he went undrafted. I picked him up off the waivers and he just did wonders for my team. And the only reason I didn't win the whole thing is because I drafted Saquon and everyone knows how that went down. But the thing is, I had Herbert and Jefferson both off waiver. And that's crazy. And Jefferson, I mean, like, I was in a smaller league and my team was stacked, but like, like they're both just like, like you could, you wouldn't even be able to tell they were rookies. Like they're just playing like yeah. best in the league. And they were they were good. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But for me, I think that the ability, uh, and the the ability that Herbert has and the maturity that he showed. Especially week one, 10 minutes before the game starts. He doesn't even expect to play unless Taylor gets hurt uh, mid-game. Coach comes out, Anthony Lynn comes over. He says, you're playing, you're starting. And he, from, he just took over the team. It's his team now. Only thing I don't like about him is he decided to stay in college an extra year instead of going to the draft. 
uh, and the Giants probably would have drafted him. But, you know, I mean, there's really nothing to say about that. He went to a great a team that needed him that has a very bright future with other guys on the defense like Joey Bosa and Derwin James, uh, Chris Harris Jr. I mean, that team is going to go places. I don't know so much about the Vikings, but for me, I think it has to be Justin Herbert for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean, could go either way. I think that's one of the most, one of the bigger toss ups, and I think yeah, for sure, we're gonna we're, we won't be able to make it for sure until later because they both show that they're gonna be elite at their positions. But for Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, let's see what you have to say about that. I think Defensive Rookie of the Year is a no question. It was the the uh, best defender coming out of college. Everyone expected him to do well. Everyone knew he would do well. And that man, the defensive end out of Ohio State, Chase Young. He, the second he put on a Washington football team jersey, I mean, he just did wonders. There's There's nothing you can say against him just because of how dominant he was. Yeah, he, the Washington, he, he's scary, he's scary. Yeah, I mean, he is. The Washington football team did not have a good offense. They had uh, McLaurin and uh, Gibson, who were good. They didn't have a quarterback all year. They went. They ran through seven different guys. They went through, through Haskins. They went through Kyle Allen. They went to um, Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke. I mean, they had they had everyone at corner, quarterback, which was a big issue for them. But their defense was top-rated throughout the second half of the season when they really picked it up because of a, a big part of their defensive line. They have guys like Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young, who are all very young and who are already difference makers on that team. And back to the point of Defensive Rookie of the Year, I mean, there's just really no question that he was the most dominant player and one of the most dominant defensive players in the league as well, not even just rookies. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I mean, you can you can give us you can give a shout to Jeremy Chin. You know, he was he was great playing everywhere, like a sub linebacker. He could play safety. And but Chase Young is the obvious pick. I mean, you know, he had seven point five sacks, which is good and really good for a rookie, but the crazy thing is, I think he's gonna he's gonna like double that like at, like reach soon. And I can see him hitting fifteen sacks next year, especially with some uh, experience. Yeah, and he had to, and he really had to like pick it up. And I think next season he's just gonna start off hot, and he's gonna just be consistent the whole year. And when I watched him play this season, I could just see like how his effect, and that's why I think he's the defensive uh, rookie of the year because. He's just he's just an instant different difference maker. Like he creates turnovers. He's fast. He gets to the quarterback at ease. Like every play, even if he doesn't get the sack, he gets to the quarterback like every play. So I think this is yeah. kind of obvious. All right. So moving on from uh, the rookies, we are at uh, coach of the year. There are a lot of guys who um, could be great candidates. There's guys like Joe Judge the coach of my Giants. There's Brian Flores. 
there's Sean McDermott. But for me, I think it has to be the guy who brought his team to the playoffs after years and years of years of misery and losing seasons. It has to be Coach uh, Coach Tefanski. I think uh, he turned this team around. They did have a lot of help in guys like Miles Garrett, uh, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Odell before he got hurt. Uh, but, I mean, Kevin Stefanski just – I mean – I don't, I don't know, really know what to say because of how well he did this year, his first year coaching the Browns. I think I, I agree how how he, he just turned the franchise around, but to me, I feel like it's Sean McDermott. The way, the way he's able to develop Josh Allen into a superstar after looking pretty much trash early on in his career. I don't know about trash. I mean, they did take him to the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah, no. Last year he turned it up. I'm like his rookie year, but yeah, but um, like his he just looks so composed in his game plan for the team. He he's always ready, and I feel like the way he's been able to just like continuously produce and turn the Bills into a serious team to be scared of. Like he's to me, he's just the coach of the year, and I think I think going on in the future, he's not gonna let off the gas. You can see in their eyes that they're going to keep going. And the Bills just looked like a whole nother team. And they look like they're going to be top five for years to come. I can see that. I, I do think McDermott is a very good coach, but I think Stefanski just has a little bit of the edge because of the situation that he came into. So uh, going off of that, we have the comeback player of the year. I think every football fan who pays attention to the game, calls himself a fan of a certain team or just the NFL, has to say that Alex Smith wins Comeback Player of the Year unanimously. Uh, yeah, that's obvious. This dude, like, he literally heard that he might have had to get his legs amputated, like, never play football again. 18 Back. surgeries, two years yeah. of sitting on the bench, trying to, get his, trying to uh, get his legs back, get his body back in shape of playing going through surgery after surgery. Yeah. It's a great comeback story, and it just shows that if you really want to do something, keep working at it, unless it's too medically uh, impossible. But even people people even thought that this was. The doctors said, like you said earlier, they must have amputated his leg, and he just came back strong. It's crazy. Like, even though even though he's he obviously isn't like as good as he used to be and he's not like it's not even like he's like deserving maybe in my opinion like he's not like he's gonna stay as a starting quarterback for long but to to not give him this award would be just complete disrespect the way like he's yeah. he's out there and he he's 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 like he's doing his thing and that's enough to win it yeah no he has to win this award I don't see it. I mean there are other people like there's guys like JJ Watt coming back. Uh, and played pretty well, but nothing matches what uh, Alex Smith had to go uh, go through. Yeah. All right. So the next part of uh, the podcast, we will be discussing who we think will be the big breakout player for 2021. So in 2018, 
there was Patrick Mahomes. His great year, unfortunately, lost to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game in that uh, very, very exciting overtime game. 2019, there was Lamar Jackson. Really not much to say about that. They're just insanely dominant. No one could really stop that offense besides the Titans in the playoffs. Uh, and this past year, there was Josh Allen, who really turned it up and proved himself to be a star quarterback in the league. So, Josh, who do you think will make that next step next year to become one of the league's elite players? All right. If we're talking about quarterback, I think, okay, like he's been, he's, he was a beast this year, but I think next year he's going to take it up to the level where he's in the MVP conversation, maybe even wins it. And that's Kyler Murray. I mean, like he's, he's like, he's a dual threat. He, he's like, he's like a step below Lamar Jackson, probably like on the quarterback runners in the league. And, um, I think this like this team can only get better from here, and he can only get better from here. DeAndre Hopkins and his chemistry will only get better. They're going to add, hopefully, to their O-line, maybe get some more help. And if they can bring back Kenyon Drake or bring in a new guy in the draft, either way, I think that he's going to have a chance to just explode. And even though he played really well this year, I think he's going to just maintain that level up there in the top five, you know, maybe even for sure. And I think he's going to be the new QB breakout for next year. I do think that Kyler has a chance to step his game up to the next level. But for me, I really think that uh, the player that will turn into a star next year will be Miami Dolphins QB for now, Tua Tagovailoa. I think he needs to be pushed more. Uh, For example, this year, when he would get split time, when he would get pulled for Fitzpatrick. I mean, that's just fueled his fire of wanting to play and wanting to compete. He would play better then. Not necessarily he needs another quarterback to compete with, but he needs more targets. He needs a better line, which this third pick in the draft will very much help. They could take Panay Sewell. They could trade it, try to get some other pieces. But I really think that he has a shot to turn his game up. I mean, if you just look at him in Alabama, he Jalen Hurts played the first half of the uh, national championship game, wasn't playing well. They bring in this freshman who hasn't touched the field all year, and he turns the game around and wins it. He's a natural leader. He's a natural football player, and I think he's going to be a star next year. Yeah, I kind of hope he is because I think he needs like a f- real chance to express uh prove himself and in the draft they're like I think out of any team in the league they're probably in the best position for the future you know they have two draft picks in the first round this year and and I think if they take you know Devontae Smith gives them another weapon Jamar Chase gives them another weapon Panay Sewell gives them more time which is something he needs we if he's definitely could be at a rate for re-injury but you know, I think I agree that he could go up there, but yeah. And one thing I'm interested to hear what you think. So, you know, this season, all there was like a ton of rookie running backs that went crazy and all of them are like high potential for next year. Like of the rookie running backs, who do you think is going to be like 
take their game up to be like elite next year? I think that there were tons of guys that were great this year. But for me, the guy who I think will turn his game up to the next level will be uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's on a very uh, biased playbook in Andy Reid's playbook uh, towards passing. I mean, granted, they do have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyree Kill. They have all these weapons, Mercall Hardman. But if they want to become insanely unstoppable, which they are very close to, they need to develop a big run game. They have plenty of offensive linemen, including Mitchell Schwartz and some other guys. But if they can build that offensive line in the offseason, maybe take a guy in the draft later in the first round because they're guaranteed the 31st or 32nd pick. If they can create more holes for Hilaire, I think that he will um, take his game to the next level. He will help that team become even more unstoppable. He was great at LSU next to Joe Burrow, who is the most dominant quarterback uh, during this that past college year. Uh, it's the same thing with Mahomes in the NFL. He's the most dominant quarterback, with the exception of maybe Rodgers this year. But, yeah, I think it'll be Carlos at, uh, Edwards-Hilaire. For me, I agree. I feel like he's in one of the best positions to succeed. But for me, a nice like sleeper is J.K. Dobbins on the Baltimore Ravens. And I think this because they have a good O-line um, there. Mark Ingram was released, and he's really going to get the green light next year. Him and Lamar are going to be an unstoppable running duo. And I think that he's going to – I mean, his stats were actually – like went under the went under the weather for what people actually saw of this season. Um, he, I didn't even realize how good he did, but I think he had 805 yards and nine touchdowns. And I think by next season he'll be like he'll be one of the he'll be a top ten running back. And and I think that he's just in another good position to succeed because they're run heavy. They have a good system and. I think that he's just going to be elite next year. Yeah, I do think he has a big chance. Uh, this year, he didn't start out playing that much. It was really Mark Ingram's position because of that veteran presence he holds when he's been playing for so long. He's been good for so long. Uh, but, yeah, for the limited reps and uh, downs and handoffs and op- read option plays, the amount of stuff that he had for the limited amount of time, he really stepped up to the challenge. He performed, and he balled out. So moving on from the NFL, uh, we are moving to the NBA. And a topic that I really think highly of, and I know that you being a Sixers fan probably have your own strong opinion on this too, but are the New York Knicks for real? Why don't you start us out on this one, Josh? The easy answer is kind of. So I don't think I don't think they're for real. Like they're not yet. They're 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 not. They don't have like enough to be like for real. But for their for you for your guys' standards, you guys are having a really high year. For Julius our standards, Randall. okay, I see how it is. No, but but Julius Randle has been really good. He's been he's been like like he's he's been like 
able to pass the ball really well and the way he's the way he's able to get people involved while being a primary scorer and he's upgraded rebounding is crazy i mean he just he just came onto the scene he's always had potential but the way he's 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 like defined refined his game is great and and rj barrett just averaging around 17.8 he's going to he's going to be great scoring the ball but i think you guys aren't legit because you're going to need more to you're going to need more like star power and i think once you guys get maybe well emmanuel quickly has shown a lot of promise i think you guys should put him in the starting lineup right now over alfred payton but i think you guys need another person that can add to the team before you're really considered as like a obvious playoff team all right so my biased answer for this obviously yes but i think that a true answer is kind of what you said they are having a great start for um by comparing what they have done in the past uh past couple years they've not been great but i think with guys like Julius Randle averaging 22.2 points per game, 9.7 defensive rebounds per game with 11.1 total rebounds, shooting 81% for the free throw line, which is great. I think that they have a big chance to uh, take them take the game to the next level because of the young guys like Emmanuel Quickly. He averages less than 20 minutes per game. Uh, and then because there's guys like Alfred Payton, who I think are horrendous. You, every time I see him on the court, I want to turn the game off, want to turn the TV off. And that's not a good thing when you want your team to win. Julius Randle, he is playing like an all-star this year. He's playing probably the best basketball of his career. And I think that he stats don't tell the whole story. Because if you watch any of the Knicks games, if he gets the ball in the high post, the low post, anywhere inside the three-point line, the the big instantly comes and double-teams him. Or another guard instantly comes. He's always double-teamed when he has the ball inside the three-point line. And if you are double-teamed and you make a pass, and the guy who you pass to makes a pass and that guy scores, nothing goes into your stat line for that but you helped create the play because you put the defense out of position. And I really think that if Randall takes his game to a whole nother level, which he, which I really think he can, guys like Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Austin Rivers, Kevin Knox, they show up, and RJ Barrett, he can grow his game. I think that the only issue for this team in the future really is Mitchell Robinson. Don't get me wrong, he's a good player. But if you watch the games, all he can do is dunk. He's not the greatest uh, screen setter. He's not even the greatest rebounder. He's just big. He needs to learn how to use his body more, and he needs to become more of an offensive threat. And I think if that happens, along with some other uh, free agent signings and good drafting, the Knicks really can be a threat in the next couple of years. But for now, I think maybe they could sneak into the playoffs as a seven or eight seed. But I hope they do. I hope they do damage. But I just don't really think 
that uh, the Knicks are the team that Vegas will bet their money on. Yeah. And if you guys can get another – if you guys can get someone in the draft that pans out, this draft actually has a lot of star power coming up. I mean, with the way you guys are playing, it doesn't seem like you'll be at the top. But I think I think you guys are going to get it figured out, and you'll be a, you'll be a threat soon. So yeah, let's get – Cade Cunningham, that would be great. I mean, I've I've loved him since he came out of high school uh, this past year. I love him in college. He's so dominant. Just like BJ Boston, who I saw play um, in a tournament me and my friends went to last year. Uh, and he, he was dominant in high school. I haven't really been paying attention to him in college. But, I mean, I, I know he went. he's going to Kentucky – Kentucky's not doing great as a team. Uh, they dropped out of the power rankings of the top 25, but I think that he is the potential to be a good player. Other guys, uh, the Knicks can go after uh, to help the team out. All right. So for All-Star Weekend, it's not going to be the same as usual, but either way, it's a fun time, and especially acknowledging the players. So who do you – the all-star uh, voting came out recently. And who do you think has a chance to sneak in as a starter? All right. So for the West, uh, for the backcourt, I think this is pretty obvious. Uh, you got to go with Damian Lillard and Stephen Curry. Well, I, where's Luca? Where's Luca? I really don't think that Luca deserves to start over Curry or Dame, if you watch their games and you have a guy trying to guard one of them in man-to-man defense, it's it's pretty much unstoppable. I mean, they can score on, at will. They can do whatever they want. Lillard's hit, what is it, 70 free throws in a row. If you foul him, it's automatically two points. He can create his own shot. He can pass the ball. Curry can do the same. And if you look at the situations they're in, Lillard, his two best teammates in CJ McCollum and uh, Nurkic are both hurt. I know Nurkic is out a couple weeks, set probably six or seven more. I don't know how much longer McCollum's out or if he's been playing already since the last time they played the Knicks uh, this past week, he wasn't in. And then Curry's situation is much, much worse. His best teammate uh, is probably... Draymond Green, who is not a good offensive player. Then he has Wiseman, who is not a great shooter. He's a uh, big inside player. And, I mean, when you're a guy like Stephen Curry, who's small, if he attacks the paint, he, it's hard to go up over a big because he's not a great dunker. He's more of a fancy layup guy. Uh, I think that Lillard is better than Curry, but I think Curry – is a better choice to start than Luka Doncic. So what about your front court? I mean, back court, back court. Um, I have, I mean, even though I want to put Damian Lillard in, I'm a big fan, always have been. I think there's no way Curry doesn't get in, and he's deserving of it. But I also have, I have Luka Doncic getting in. I mean, his team's been a bit underwhelming, but I don't know, there's injuries, Porzingis, only came back recently and he's he's carried the full load like if you know like he's he's getting a high work rate and he's 
putting up about a 28 point triple double, which is insane that that's like the people are saying he's having a down year and he's, he's only, he's a young player. So to me, I think he, he gets in because just, just of how, how he's been able to carry, but you know, I, I could see, I could see both Damian Lillard and Curry getting into. I just think Lillard is, I think Lillard is the one player on that team. I think he, if they could only have one point guard, I think it should be Lillard over Curry. But clearly, you think uh, differently. So, what about your front court for the West? Front court, you know, um, Jokic, uh, he's unreal. He's like the best passer in the league. Oh, for sure, I have him on my list. He's a center, and the way he, the way he can command the game, even though he's. You know, even though he's a center, and the way he he can like just affect the team, he's he's their he's their he's their rock, he's their glue, he's he's their everything. He, he that he is. Yeah. So, who are the other two guys that you got for uh, the West? Um, I have I have LeBron. I mean, there's no way LeBron doesn't get in. So. Yeah, so yeah, I have LeBron. And then the other person, um, I have what's his name? Wait, let me pull it up. You can go. All right. So I have uh LeBron, obviously, Jokic, obviously. Those guys should be on everyone's ballot. And my third guy is Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, yeah, that's who I had too. I think Kawhi is a guy who can do it all. He's big. He can play down low. He can finish. He can shoot. He can take the game into his own hands, like we saw against your Sixers a couple years ago. Bro, just don't. He has has ice in his veins. I mean, he can do it all. I think he deserves to be up there. Yeah, I mean, the thing about him is that, like, he's just like, Everyone knows he's going to kill, like, every year. So I feel like he doesn't get recognition because it's, like, so under the radar because it's so obvious. Like, that's how good he is. Yeah, he's also played for, like, second-string teams in some way. He's playing for the Clippers. The Lakers own L.A. They always have. I I can't say they always will, but the Lakers are the team in L.A. He played for the Raptors. I mean, basketball isn't as big in Canada as it is in America. Um, they have plenty of plans, don't get me wrong there. But there aren't most Americans uh, aren't rooting for the Raptors unless they have a player who goes there. And then he played for San Antonio, uh, who has been great for years under uh, Coach Popovich. They won a championship there. He got plenty of recognition there, but kind of went under the radar since. And then once he moved to uh, in that trade with DeMar DeRozan. That's when most people started hearing his name again. Yeah. Um, for the East, I feel like the backcourt for the East is probably the hardest decision of, like, any of the part. But yeah. for me, it has to be Bradley Beal. You can say his team's bad. Yeah, but no, he has to be on there. He's averaging, he's averaging, like, 36, basically. Every night, you feel like he's putting his whole his whole – like he's putting yeah. everything into every game and 35.4. Yeah. And 
just he's just putting himself on the line and he's not getting the same energy back from his teammates. They they're they're a terrible defensive team. And even though he got snubbed last year and I think making that mistake again would be unfair to him. The way he's just able to get just keep his team like somewhat competitive, some like it's just it's all him and not to give him the recognition would be unfair. Yeah. I and think – all right, you, you, you finish. Um, I, and then I also went with Jalen Brown. I mean, even – like, this is this is a bit controversial because, you know, he's – but to me, like, he's he's just killing right now. And with Tatum out, he's been able to – he's been able to be extremely efficient, scoring, keep winning them games. And, like, I saw him put up, I think, 42 against our Sixers. It was – you could just see the way he's our Sixers. Don't 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 keep saying our Sixers. I don't want to be affiliated with you guys. <laughs> Over my Sixers, he 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 just like you can just see the way he's improved, and this year he just came out different, and I think he's deserving of it. And you could say Tatum because Tatum was out, but when Tatum's even when Tatum's there, he you just he's just a different guy this year. Uh, yeah, I really think that Jalen Brown has been showing up. I have him in fantasy. He gives me a solid amount of points every day he plays. But I think uh, the other guy who deserves to be in the starting guard position is James Harden. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, the, the second he moved to uh, Brooklyn in the trade, he's been playing great. Not not so much defensively as the whole team hasn't, but he he looks happy out there. When players are happy, they play better. He's averaging twenty two point five, eleven assists, and six point two rebounds per game. So he's close to pretty close to a triple double in a system that has some of that has arguably one of the best scorers of all time in Kevin Durant, and one of the most true point guards in the NBA in Kyrie Irving, one of the best ball handlers of all time, arguably the best uh, in the conversation with Allen Iverson. And then you got guys like Joe Harris who are just pure shooters, ice in their veins. So that's my vote. I think Harden should be a starter. I don't necessarily want him to be a starter because – I don't like him because of the issues that he has, but that doesn't take away from the fact of how dominant he is on the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, if he if he played the full season in the Eastern Conference, he would definitely be there. But if you look at him in the West, he wasn't he wasn't playing his best. I mean, you could say it's because he didn't want to be there, but that's on him, and I don't think he deserves recognition for that. But you know, since he's been in the East, he has been killing it. He's looking like more like himself, but I don't think he's I don't think he's had him enough time to discredit someone like Jalen Brown, who's been just like balling out all year. But I respect that. But I don't I don't know if he deserves it, but there's a chance he could get it. All right. So for the big men, uh, I got to go. Number one, Kevin Durant. I mean, there's really no question there. No one can stop him. He's coming off injury, looking like he never got hurt, if not better than before he got hurt. 
So that's number one. Uh, my second big man, a guy go Joel Embiid. Yep. He's just been dominant all year. Uh, he can score. He can pass. Not like some of these other guys can pass, but he is a solid passer. He can find get when guys get open through him uh, getting double teamed uh, if he gets too low in the post. And I think that's number two. Number three, stats don't agree with this, and I know you won't either, but I think it has to be Julius Randle. And I know Randle doesn't have the highest stats out of some of these other guys in the list. Uh, for example, Giannis, 26 points, 26.8 points, 5.6 re- uh, assists, and 11 rebounds a game. But Julius Randle, 22.5 rebounds, 6 assists, 22.5 points, excuse me, 6 assists, 11.3 rebounds. But I think stats don't tell the whole story. Like we said earlier in the next part of the show, Julius Randle gets double teamed almost every time he touches the ball. And if you're getting double teamed. That's because the Knicks are trash. No, that's it's not because the Knicks are trash. It's because he is so dominant when he's not double teamed. There is no big man who can guard him off the dribble. And there's no guard who can guard him in the post. So you need to get a second guy out there to stop him. And when you do that and he makes a pass, if that guy's not open, he'll make another pass because the defense is still rotating back, and that's when it creates shots. If you consider his pass to assists as a category, he would probably lead the league because of how much he makes the defense move and think when they don't want to. And that's why I think that Randall deserves to be a starter. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 balling, but but um, it has to be Giannis. I mean, I don't like him. I don't like his play style. He he runs to the basket, jumps. That's basically his game. But you have to give him credit. I mean, his team's his team always wins, and that's in part because of him and the way the way he just can run and like get buckets basically and rebound. But I don't like I don't like that pick, but it will be the pick. And I don't think there's any denying that Giannis will be a starter. I mean, he was the captain, and now he. he I mean, you could say he took a down year from last year and the year before because he was the MVPs, and he won't be this year with people like Kevin Durant and Embiid right now. But and Randall, <laughs> yeah, maybe. You but. can stats don't love him, but and that's what the awards go off of. But I think that these guys who are voting need to watch him, and they need to watch the games and see what he does to a defense. And how he affects it. Yeah, and then Kevin Durant and Embiid. That's obvious. If anyone disagrees with that, like, no. So, but yeah. So those are those are obvious. Yeah, I think that there are a couple other guys who could be in that discussion from what I voted for, like Giannis, Andre Drummond's having a great year, uh, Vucevic, Nikola Vucevic is playing great. Bam Adebayo, Devontae Sabonis, and then guys like Chris Middleton, not necessarily big man, but they still uh, go in the category. In and Tatum, story. but if Tatum was healthy the full year, I feel like yeah, he'd be a starter. 
He's definitely going to make it, though, no matter what. He's yeah, he'll make it. But he just won't be a starter. Yeah. If I was a team captain this year, I would take Julius Randle in the first round. I would not. He is so – even if he's not having a big scoring game, he's still affecting the defense. He's still affecting the game in different ways. If he's not scoring, like last night against the Cavaliers, he didn't take a shot until the second quarter because of the way that the ball was moving. It wasn't always going to him in position to shoot, and he knew that. So he made the right play, and he didn't force any shots. Yeah. And, I mean, also also a guy like Jeremy Grant, I mean, it, I don't think he'll make it, but just the way he's improved and has become – went from a role player to a real star has been crazy to watch. But I don't think he'll make it because of how bad the Pistons are. Like, they, they're, they're awful. But, yeah, but they're, he's, it's not he's really good. good. They have no future. They're trading away all their good players. And in the lottery, they get like seven. If They, have they, the get, they get screwed in the lottery. They end up taking guys like Killian Hayes who don't play because they're hurt. Oh, or Halliburton. They're not good. Missed out on Halliburton too. Yeah, that was a big miss out. And then there's guys like, uh, going back to the all-star voting, Christian Wood. Who are some? Who's a sleeper? Who I think will make it off the bench. He's having a yeah. great, great season when nobody thought he'd do well because of his situations. The uh, Rockets, the Rockets we, have looked better than I expected. I mean, they're not great, but like just the way they've been able to get the picks from the Harden deal, and like yeah. the way Wood has become like, like, like if you watch him, like he he looks like he has potential to be like really like really good so yeah no for sure and then there's also guys like chris boucher who uh just take the league by storm kind in some way he comes he's coming in uh i haven't really heard his name before this year at all and he's just been playing great so that's that yeah so for so we're gonna end it off there, but you know, next week we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl, the what's gonna happen with that, and then we're gonna give a we're gonna give a mock draft and we're gonna give our picks for this year's draft, this year's stack draft. So in the NFL. In the NFL, yeah. And right. we will have a Super Bowl preview also, and most likely we'll be having a special guest who uh you will see in the next podcast episode and much more. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. See you guys next time.